0: Hello, everyone. This is Melinda Russell with the Women's Motorsports Network. I'm coming to you from Kalamazoo, Michigan, and my guest today is Paige Rogers. I'm really excited to have Paige on the show. She's more of a local racer here in the Michigan, Indiana area, but she's doing some big things. And so I have wanted to have her on and so she could share with us um, about what she's doing and how she got to where she is. And so, Paige, I want to welcome you to the show. And the first thing I want you you to do is just share a little bit about yourself, where you live, how old you are, do you go to school, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, so I'm 19. I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana, but now I currently live in Concord, North Carolina, because that's where my race career has taken me. And I am also a full-time student. I'm a sophomore in college, pursuing a marketing degree.
0: And where do you go to school?
1: So I do online school through Indiana State University.
0: Okay. All right. So, do you follow the basketball team at all from Indiana State?
1: Not from Indiana State. I like I like the IU's basketball. I'm am an IU basketball type of girl.
0: Okay. All right. Because I was following. Let's see. I think it was IU the, the the team that did so well in the in the Sweet Sixteen. So, yeah, I was, They
1: did well the team. They had a, yeah. they had a good women's women's team.
0: Yeah, a friend someone that I know from back where I lived in Illinois, his daughter plays on that team and so okay. I uh kind of got interested and I was following them. So that's that's pretty cool. So online school, that's the thing nowadays and it allows you to do so many more things. It you does, know, yes. You don't have to be on campus. So so that's pretty cool. So um since you're not at school, there's not really anybody there that, you know, really personally that knows you race. How about when you were in high school? What did, uh, did you get any feedback or anything from the people that knew you were a race car driver? Um, yeah. So my like friends, my
1: really close friends, they understood it. They understood that I'd be gone a lot or I'd be in the shop. Um, and people in high school obviously thought it was cool. Actually, I came back a few weeks ago and gave a few different presentations at the elementary school that I went to and the high school that I went to, kind of talking about my journey. So, everyone along the way throughout my academic journey has been a big, huge supporter of my sports career.
0: Okay, good. I like hearing that because sometimes, um, more times than not, I hear girls say, Yeah, I don't really share it because they don't really understand. Mm -hmm. But I think because we're in the Midwest, Yes. Racing is a lot more popular, so I think it's more understood and more I, accepted too. Yeah,
1: I, I think sometimes they don't necessarily understand what's going on, but they're willing to learn. Like mm-hmm. they might not know exactly what the loads are or something, but they, yeah. they know what's going on and they try to understand.
0: Absolutely. So when you're not racing, what do you do for fun?
1: Oh, um, well, Usually it's something involved with racing. So whether that be watching a race, but if it's nothing involved with racing, since I live alone now, it's probably golf. It's always been golf. I think that's fun. I just don't have anyone to play with now. So now I just get to work on my swing, I guess. Okay. A little bit. All right. That's what I do for fun.
0: Well, golf is a good sport because it's a lifelong sport. So that's a good. Sport. Yeah, absolutely. So Paige, You're 19 years old. You've been racing for quite a few years. How did you get started and where did you get started?
1: Yeah, so my stepdad raced street stocks at the local track here in Indiana Bearfield. That's because that's where I'm from is Fort Wayne. He raced those when he met my mom and we'd kind of go to the races. Me and my brother, we'd watch and stuff. And I was like, this is something like I want to do. Like, I'm very interested in it. Mom, on the other hand, was like, "Ah, we're good, you know. We'll go to school. We'll do sports, t-ball stuff like that. Um, my dad brought home a go-kart one day. Mom wasn't too big of a fan of that. I, however, was a huge fan, and <laughs> I started racing. They had a little asphalt track inside of Fairfield at the time, so that's where I started my my motorsports career in twenty thirteen.
0: Uh, twenty thirteen. So how old would you have been then? Nine.
1: Yep, yeah, somewhere nine, ten. Yeah. Or ten.
0: Okay. And were there any other girls racing around that time?
1: No. So, actually, on the division that I was in, I raced cage carts. We didn't really get many cars over there. Um, I think we were lucky to get, like, a 10-car night. I mean, it was pretty, pretty mild for that. Now, my second year in go-karts, when I switched over to dirt, I did race against a few different females.
0: Okay. All right. Because, you know, really, 10 years ago, there weren't near as many girls racing as no. there is now.
1: No, there's a lot. There's a lot more. There is a lot more. in a- all aspects, whether that be asphalt, drag, circle, drag, whatever.
0: Right. Absolutely. So now you're involved with Rev Racing and Drive for Diversity. So let's talk about yes. that a little. How did you how, you know, I, I get questions all the time from parents. Um, you know, how do I get my daughter noticed? How do, mm-hmm. how do I get her to the next level? So tell me your journey. How did you get to where you are then today?
1: Well, obviously, I started in the go-karts. And then from 2017 to 2019, I took a break. Just didn't race anything. There's just some personal stuff going on with my family, with my father and stuff. that Some stuff we had to figure out. And then in 2019, I hopped in a full-size light model at Angola Motor Speedway here in Indiana. And I did the local racing from 2019 to 2021, 2020 through 2022. But I guess it was more of a hobby when I was younger as a kid, I never saw it as something that I could go out and achieve. It was just, I really like doing this. I have a fun, it's fun with my family, but the older I got, the more I realized this is kind of what I want my career to be. Like I don't just want this to be something I do for fun on the side until it fizzles out. Um, so, at that time, I realized, what do I have to do to go make it work? Because the dream doesn't work for you if you don't work for the dream, obviously. And racing is a is a big part because racing isn't just about talent. It's right. about me. It's about marketability. It's also about talent. I mean, there's a lot of factors that play into succeeding inside the motorsports world. So, I started doing my research, I would say, in 2021. And I stumbled across Rev Racing. And I had been following them all through 2021, all through 2022. Uh, I sent out an email last March and I never got a reply back. So I drove down there on my spring break. So I drove down two weeks later, walked in the front door, and was like, What do I have to do to get you? Like, I, I want to be here. It's like a, something I'm going to apply for. Like, I, I, I want to know how to do it. And they were super-duper helpful. They showed me around the facility. They got me in contact with a few other people. And then I went through the application process like every other person would. You apply in June or whatever. Then you go to the combine, all that stuff. Um, But really sticking my foot in the door, I think, is something that cemented my place there.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. That my career was about to take because that's a step that not a lot of people take. Everyone says they want the dream or they want it to work, but they're not necessarily willing to put their foot in the door.
0: Well, I think the fact that you went there Mm -hmm. is, that's something that most people don't do. And so the fact that you went there in person, just saying, Hey, here I am. How do I get here permanently? And and they were probably a little taken back and, and a little, you know, be like, Oh, she's serious. She drove from Indiana here. So they she's were. really serious. Don't you think that was a big part of it?
1: Yeah, I think so. Cause I walked in and they were a little shocked that I was there. Cause they're like, Oh, well, we've never had anyone do this before. So they didn't know how to go about it. Um, but they were very, very good at showing me around and getting me accustomed with what was going on. But at the end of the day, that still wasn't going to be enough to get me into the program. I still had to go through all the steps to get into it, like applying and such, but right. that, that showed, the passion that I have for racing that showed the dedication and the hard work that I put in. Cause I think sometimes a lot of people forget that with these sorts of developmental programs is just because you got the spot because of something doesn't mean you haven't worked equally as hard as someone else to get that position.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so tell me a little bit about what kind of car are you driving? What, what is your, what does this program look like? What do you do on an average day or over the course of, the time you're going to be there, what are you going to be doing? So
1: right now I drive late model stock cars in the NASCAR vans Auto Parts weekly series for rev racing. We have those, we have a legend car program and we have an ARCA Menards program in the East and in the national series level. So right now I'm participating in the late model stuff. Um, hopefully next year I'll be in their ARCA car doing something with their ARCA program. I mean, that all just varies on results and mm-hmm the higher ups, I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, on a typical day, I get up at 630 every morning, I wake up, check my emails, kind of go through that stuff, see what I got going on, on the racing side of things. And then on the work side of things as well with schoolwork and stuff. We work out every morning, Monday through Thursday from eight to 10. We do stuff in the gym and then we kind of do some reaction time stuff. Cause that's, you know, when you're driving 140 miles an hour, things can happen pretty quick. Sure. We got to be ready and prepared for that. And then we go into sim training on iRacing. We kind of preparing for a race that we have coming up. Or maybe we didn't do as well as we could have at the race before, so kind of working through some stuff on the simulator. Uh, Spend a lot of time in the shop working on cars or helping the guys out, maybe running to go get parts watch a lot of film. We do a lot of outreach events with different people in the community, different colleges, different sorts of events and fundraisers and stuff like that as well.
0: Okay, and how long will you be, is this like um, 12 months of the year that you're in this program?
1: Yes, yes, so it's a year long contract.
0: Okay, so the contract ends when? Back in the spring again? And so? December. December, yeah. Okay. So if you stay or move up or whatever, um, you'll know, you know, by the end of the year, and then you'll know whether you're going to stay and do more or whatever. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what's your favorite thing about driving a race car?
1: Well, I think my answers changed over the years too. So there's definitely something I... I enjoy about driving and there's things I enjoy not necessarily about being in the car, but being a race car driver. So on the driving side, I love the adrenaline. I feel like it's kind of an escape place for most drivers because if you ask them how they're feeling out there, I don't think they can really give you a good answer because there's so much going on. You kind of lose yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really freeing feeling. Um,
0: Yeah. So
1: that's probably my favorite part about driving the car. But now with what I do, I think, my favorite part about being a race car driver is being a role model for young people, old people, and everyone in between. Uh, for a long time, racing was a pretty selfish desire of mine. I wanted to do well for myself and myself only because that's the only thing that mattered, and that's the only thing I had. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm in the position that I'm in and I'm moving up, I think it's more important that I'm a role model for others around me and I do well for others around me. So that that's something I now enjoy more than I did before.
0: Yeah, and that just comes with – um, maturity and experience. And, you know, even now, you know, you look at race car drivers, NASCAR drivers, whatever, you know, yes, they'll bump their teammate or their mother or whoever to win a race. And that's okay. Because when it comes down to that, they're there to win for not just themselves, but their sponsors and their team. So I get that. But, um, at, at a lower level, you know, where there's not millions of dollars on the line. I think the fact that you understand that there's a lot more to racing than driving the car. Mm -hmm. And that is the thing that will stay with you throughout your life. Yes. Because, yeah, because if you can't, if something happens tomorrow and you can't drive a car anymore, you still have all those other things that you've learned. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so that, you know, I think racing teaches young people, especially so much more than what people on the outside understand and yeah yeah there's a I, lot
1: of factors that play into it it's definitely been a huge part of creating I guess and molding my personality and me as a person mm-hmm. um I, if I wasn't a race car driver I know I wouldn't be the person I am today I think that's where my competitiveness comes from my fiery spirit my passion I mean there's so many personality traits I've developed yeah. because of racing and it carries into all different sorts of my life. And I think even at the local level, it doesn't matter if you're racing a front wheel drive or you're racing in the NASCAR cup series, there's some kid, some way, shape, or form or some adult that wants to be like you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you've got a million dollars behind you, if you got 10 bucks for your name. I mean, there's someone out there that wants to be something like you, whether you show some sort of quality off the track, some sort of quality on the track, they see that. So I think right. it's important to recognize
0: that. Yeah, I do too. Absolutely. So have you had, um, a race or a special moment in your career? That's like the top, the one that you just always remember the most.
1: Yeah, it's probably, it's going to be my first win. Um, so that came at Corgan oil speedway in Michigan in 2021. Uh, I was so close all year long, just bad luck would happen. And I really love the track and the promoters. They do such a great job. I love getting able to race up at that track. So it's a shame that uh, it's going to close down after this year. But that that first win, all my family was there. My mom wasn't there. That kind of sucked. But just something I had worked so hard for and wanted so bad for so long. That it's it's kind of hard in racing because there's only one winner. There's yeah. you know twenty other losers. So something you didn't think necessarily was going to happen, and then it did. And I, I would say that's probably the same with Red Racing getting into this program. That would have to be equal with my my first win because I've worked ten years of my life. We're going on ten years now of hard work and dedication and missing out on events. Just. Mm-hmm opportunity like a chance like a 10 percent chance that racing would work out
0: yeah
1: here it is you know and i'll do it all over again even if even if it wouldn't work out i I love racing enough that it doesn't matter i'd give up anything in the position that i'm in
0: yeah absolutely because it because it's um you know there's only a handful of of opportunities then and you have one of them so you're obviously making the most of that for sure so do you get to choose your car number And, and how it looks or no. So not anymore. So up, up until this point,
1: we have been able to at Rev, but Rev is trying, they're making big strides in the program. Obviously the program has been great, but they're trying to make it even better. And one of the things they're trying to implement is just like team members. So when you think of Rev racing, you think of two, four, six, instead of this year, it's 30 and next year it's 88. Okay. it kind of created a little bit of confusion as you could see because there was no number necessarily designated to the team like Hendrix when you think of Hendrix right five forty eight eighty eight twenty four you know yeah, but now we're trying to move more towards that side of things and just everyone come in and pick your number every year and then it go away.
0: I think so that's a honest. really good idea. That's yeah. a really good idea. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So okay. what's your number then? I'm
1: two now. I was eighty eight now I'm two.
0: Okay. all right number two. That's great. And what colors are your car?
1: So it's, it's fine, actually. I love the colors because it's what I like. There, It's missing the gold, but it is red, black, and white, which are my colors at home. The only okay. thing I add is gold. So okay. we're basically there.
0: All right. So you're happy with the color I'm, and the I'm number. Happy. Both. I'm happy with the car, the colors and the number. So if you go into the shop and you help with the car, I know you said, you know, you make you run errands in that, but are you able to be hands-on at all with your car? Yes.
1: So I am able, we are able to be hands-on. Now there are things that they're doing that I have no idea about. And right. back home, I was all hands-on, all hands-on deck. I did everything, did the shocks, did everything. And out here, there are people that know a lot more than I know. So I let them take control in, in those um parts and in any way I can help. Uh, I do a lot of parts running, like I said, but whether it be, Mounting body panels or pulling, I pulled a rear end out of my car, uh, just stuff like that. Simple, Mm -hmm. simple things. I can pull the shocks off and stuff, but when it comes down to those specialties now, like building the shocks and setting them up and pick up points and stuff, I kind of leave that to the professionals.
0: Well, and you're, you know, you're kind of moving up in the, in racing to where that's what you have to do, you know? You have to let the let the people who have been trained for that do that for sure. Yeah, but people do their job. Absolutely. So um, what would you say has been your biggest obstacle in your racing career?
1: Well, it was getting the opportunity, honestly. That's been the biggest thing. It's it's never been a lack of passion or desire because I've I've always wanted it but there was really no good way to make it work. And I think a lot of people struggle with that out there. And that's why everyone's not race car drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. I know there's been a lot of people that have had the talent and had the drive and had the passion and just not found the opportunity. Right. Um, but that's
0: right.
1: I, looked, I looked very hard. Um, I looked in every corner of the earth that I could. I was getting down to, I was in school to be a doctor and that wasn't working out. And I knew I wanted to do something with racing and my life had kind of fallen apart a little bit because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I want this so bad, but I don't know how to make it work. And I started searching and and calling people and sending emails and getting a hold of companies. I mean, I was doing everything that I could. I would be sitting in biology where I'm supposed to be taking notes. (laughs) I'd be sending emails to companies about sponsorships and stuff. So that never losing that drive and that passion for racing is the reason that, I am where I am. So I think that was the hardest thing was mm-hmm. the opportunity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, <clears throat> you know, it's so hard when you want something so badly. And and it's so, it can be frustrating and overwhelming and scary all at once, you know. But um, it's a good example. Of, you've been a good example when you say how hard you worked and how much you reached out and all that is a good example for young people to find their passion or their dream and then not let go of it easily. You know, sometimes we have to veer off to a different path Mm -hmm. and that's okay. But um, to work hard, I think you've been a good example of that uh, as far as, you know, not giving up, you could have sat in biology and maybe that's why medical didn't go so good. You were sending racing emails instead of watching I, biology. You
1: really saved more lives by quitting medicine than pursuing it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. So um, so I think, you know, you've, you've done a really good job about, about persevering and making sure that you could do what you wanted to do, at least beyond the path for that. So yeah. now how do the, how do marketing partners work? Do you have to help find those who funds, you know, the whole racing that you're doing?
1: Yeah. Um. So I don't have to find any marketing partners if I don't want to. So my, I can't, if I, I can't, if I want to, I can bring in ones and I'm obviously always going to try to do that. I mean, the more you right. can bring in, the more you, you race. So yeah. I've, ever since I've got down to North Carolina, that's all I've done is still reach out to companies all the time. So sometimes I might be bad at getting back to text messages and certain messages, but I'm like, trying. I'm sending out stuff all the time. Um, So Max Siegel, Max Siegel, who owns our team rev racing, he funds our, our program along with NASCAR advanced auto parts. We have a lot of great sponsors, Havana Brasa, all of them come in and give a certain amount to our program but it is mainly funded through like rev racing in general, but they do bring in sponsors like GameBridge is big for our truck program with Nick Sanchez at KBM. just yeah. you know, like it's still rev racing's truck program and stuff, but right. we've had a lot of good sponsors coming over the years. And obviously we're always looking for more.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it's such a good program and it's got such a good reputation that I would think, you know, that would be, as hard as you know somebody who's just trying to do it on their own so
1: exactly we have a good reputation behind us and i think companies one like like that reputation obviously you want to be a winner um and two the morals and stuff we stand behind i think companies come in they see that and they also want to be a part of that journey
0: i agree so Paige, every day at the racetrack is not perfect sometimes (laughs) we have bad days Yes. What do you do when you've had a bad day? Oh,
1: I'm probably not the, the greatest example for this. Um, I've been working on this a lot since I got down here is trying to not get in my head as much. I think sometimes when I have a bad situation, whether that be a qualifying run or, or first race or something, I kind of let it affect me mm-hmm. um, just because I'm so passionate about it. You know, it's, it's easy to get overworked about something it's easy to get upset and or too joyful it's it emotions are heightened in racing i mean you're spending a lot of money there's a lot of stuff on the line so trying to take a step back is what i'm trying to do so this weekend i didn't necessarily have the best first race i took a step back between the first and the second race and just kind of calmed down and said we're gonna go make something happen the race is gonna happen whether you want it to or not it's gonna happen so you have to go out there and execute the best that you can. I think when I stop playing the comparison game, mm-hmm. I feel a lot better about what I do. So when I go to the gym every day, I go to the gym. There's going to be people that can lift more than me. There's going to be people that run faster than me. But I'm going to go work out the hardest that I possibly can. It goes the same on the sim- simulator. I'm not the best at simulator. I get beat all the time. But I'm going to do it the best I possibly can. The yeah. second I started doing things the best I possibly could, things got better for me.
0: You know, comparison is a thief of joy. Yes, Have you it, ever, you it, ever it, heard that? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, uh, I, I've heard that many times, and I've reminded myself of that many times because it's, it's easy to compare yourself to mm-hmm. someone else, and then uh, all that does is take you down. You've, you've got to put that away. Yeah, for sure. So do you get a chance to interact with the fans at all? I know, you know, racing's just kind of getting going, but even in, you know, in the past, I know it's easier when you're at a small track and that, but um, how do you interact with the fans? What do you like about that part of it? Or do you like it? Some some drivers are not crazy about interacting yeah. with fans, um, yeah. but, you know, how do you feel about that? And what, what have you done or what are you going to do so that you can, you know, um make some new fans of Paige Rogers. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously I did a lot of it back home on autograph nights and stuff like that, or just people walking through the pits. And that's the same that it is now. I mean people that walk through the pits. I've had my parents sitting up in the stands. People get to talking to them and they have these kids that want to see you're this girl. And I think being a girl kind of helps with that in a sense. It does. Want the girls autograph and yeah. Um I get a lot of requests through ref, like that people sending in letters for assigned hero cards and autographs. I get those on social media as well, but I, I love interacting with the fans. I think that's one of the, like I said, more important things that we do as drivers and not necessarily drivers, but athletes in general, there are a lot of eyes on athletes. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a known thing that, that athletes and professionals have a heavy influence on the people that are watching them. I mean, that's why sponsors endorse drivers is because people see that driver and they want to support that brand because that driver uses that brand or is.
0: Absolutely. Uh
1: That having that connection with the fans is very important to success, the farther and higher up you get. So I love it personally because I was once that fan. Yeah. I was that person that wanted to be that driver and have that opportunity. And now I'm the person with it. So it's, it's only right of me to encourage kids so that I, anytime someone asks me how I did it or how I got there or what to do, I'm more than willing to help.
0: So along that line, if you had a, a mother or dad come up to you at the racetrack and say, you know, my daughter's been watching you. She wants to get started in racing. What would be your advice?
1: So I've actually had that happen quite a few times already this year. Doesn't um, surprise me. <laughs> I, I'll tell every and I preach this, and every single interview I've ever done, every single person I've ever talked to is passion breeds success. If the passion is there, the success will follow. I think sometimes people want, have the want for things. They want to be a good race car driver. They want to be a good student. They want to be a good athlete, but they forget the dedication that it takes to get to that point because mm-hmm. just wanting to be a race car driver isn't enough. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not, and I don't mean that in a mean way, you have to put in the work. So like for me, that, what that looked like was being in the shop in the summer, missing out on football games and basketball games, not being able to play all the sports that I wanted to, or that I did when I was younger. I mean, there's not, I didn't go to a single graduation party
0: it was mm-hmm.
1: high school, had a lot of friends didn't go to a single graduation party, but that's what, passion and success in racing looked like for me. Now, everyone's road is different, depending on how much money your parents have or the types of resources you have and what kind of racing you do. But I never lost sight of that. There was days that I wanted to. There was days I didn't want to go to the race shop and I wanted to go to the lake and be a normal kid. Yeah. I always saw the bigger picture. And I think that's the biggest thing I tell parents and kids and people that want to get into it is it's not about the days that you do want to do it. It's about the days that you don't want to do it. And those Absolutely. For the hardest because yeah. that's when stuff happens. Stuff mm-hmm. happens when you don't want to do it and you go do it. That's when the real work shows.
0: Yeah, I, I can't think what the exact quote is or even who said it. But, you know, success is built in the off season or yes. at, in the gym, not on race day. Mm-hmm. And that's good for any career, football, basketball, anything. Yes. It's, you know, and so um, you're, you're so right about that um, yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about goals. What are your goals for your racing career?
1: I have a lot. So on side of driving in the car, I want to make it obviously to the top level of NASCAR. I want to make it in the cup series and, and win races, win races and win championships. That's the goal of any driver, obviously. Mm -hmm. Secondly, on the being a race car side of things. I want to be the best role role model that I can be for men and women inside and outside the sport and grow my brand. I think that's a big thing you have to do as a professional in any field is grow your brand as a person because networking is really what life is all about. It's really about who you know and not necessarily what you know. It is. It is. People will teach you what you need to know. Exactly. No. So growing my brand is something that I've been working really hard on. I'm in the middle of starting a few cool, cool things right now like mm-hmm. an and stuff. Uh, I want to be interactive with the community. That's a really important thing to me, giving back, because I have been blessed with so much in my life that it is only fair that I am, can give back.
0: Yeah. You know, um, my, my dad has been passed away for quite a number of years, but one of his favorite things to say was, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And yes. I, I live by that. And, and not mm-hmm. so much that I depend on somebody else for my success or anything, but it's connections. It's the connections that you make, the relationships that you build. Um, in fact, you know, I, I've got some things going on that, and it, it's all about, I talk to somebody, you don't know who they know. Mm-hmm. And then she said, oh, you need to talk to so-and-so. And so Mm -hmm. now, you know, tomorrow I'm going to have a call with somebody I would have never known of, been connected to, or anything exactly. And it's it's just such a blessing. But you have to put yourself out there to do Mm -hmm. that. You know, mm -hmm. I I was the one that have reached out to this woman about something entirely different about motorsports, but not in this way at all. And we got to, we talked almost two hours on the telephone. And if you know me at all, I am not a telephone person. I'm not either. You can text me, you can email me. I love to talk to people in person or like this, Mm -hmm. but I'm not really a phone person Mm
1: -hmm. as much
0: as, you know, maybe some people are. My husband's a phone person. He has all (laughs) these buddies that he calls and they talk about hunting and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, no, I I don't want to do that. So, um, the what not what you know it's who you know is so so true and it can really benefit you in so many ways
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah so when you get to the top level of cup then you know we can look back on this day in 2023 and say hey Paige you remember when we did that interview and you said you wanted to be the top level of in in a cup racer and th- those are the things that i look forward to when I interview especially younger gals um mm-hmm. you know that have have everything in front of them and um you know one of the one of the kids that I've watched and everybody knows this is Carson Hosevar. I've watched him race quarter midgets from the time he was young. He raced against my granddaughters and you know I got to know his family and I've really been a fan of him just because he is from here. And I, I know him personally. And so um, I have so many girls and women that I've interviewed that I feel like are friends now. And I I really follow their careers more than they probably realize. And um, it's just, it's just fun. And it, and it's, um, it's worthwhile for me to do this. So that, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you're getting your name out there, but um, there's a lot of people that still don't know who Paige is. And so yeah. if if you can share this through a podcast or we can do something for you down the road to help you get your name mm-hmm. out there, that's what it's all about. Getting people to know who is Paige Rogers? What does she do? What is she passionate about? And, and that's just such a big part of your success, not just how well you drive that car.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yes,
1: yeah. I think I've actually I raced against your granddaughter before.
0: Oh, probably because both of them raced. Really? Yeah, both of them right. raced McKenna and Maddie. So yeah, I'm sure you probably did at some point, especially if you were at Campbell's. Yeah, McKenna, McKenna,
1: I raced her. Raced I raced against her at Springport. Yeah. And I raced against her at New Paris. Okay. That a couple years ago. And I think I raced against her at Kalamazoo too.
0: Yeah, that's that's probably true. Yeah, for sure. So so do you think there's any benefits or have there been any unexpected benefits or challenges of being a girl or a woman in racing?
1: Yeah. Um. So obviously one of the benefits that I get to reap the rewards of now, obviously, is rev racing. Mm-hmm. But like I said, just because I'm there, because of who I am doesn't mean I haven't worked hard to get there. Um, And anyone close to me or that knows my journey, the things that I've gone through to get where I am will tell you the exact same thing. I have been so dedicated for so long and had just tunnel vision towards this, this goal of getting to a certain point in my career. Um, Challenges. I don't want to necessarily say any challenges, um, but it is different. So obviously racing has been a predominantly male White man sport for a very very long time. Yeah, but I think the generation that I'm coming in in, and the programs that I'm in have like what we do and and other programs out there and people the word getting out there that the sport is changing. I definitely see it. I've seen yeah. it, and like we talked about the the last ten years, I, I've seen it. Now I I go to a track out in North Carolina and there's there's girls everywhere, or I, right. Millbridge on a Wednesday night, those girls right there. I mean, it's just yeah. you see, they're everywhere now, which is yeah. great. That so, I think the barrier for being a woman in motorsports is being knocked down ever so slightly. It's getting chipped away at, which is mm-hmm. the wasn't built in a day, so the wall wasn't right built in a day either. <laughs> right,
0: but, I'm gonna have to get you the names. I've got uh, there's at least two girls. That I've interviewed that race at Millbridge quite often. I'll have to Mm -hmm. get you their names. And if you go there sometime, you know, um, go see them because they're, they're quite a bit younger than you. Mm -hmm. You know, I would ask you to go see them and talk to them and just uh, make, make friends and, and um, give them someone that they can look up to as well from from there because there there's a, I know I, Millbridge is on my bucket list. If you can believe that, I mean, I have a bucket list of racetracks to get to, mm-hmm. and I know so many people that race at Millbridge and you hear about it all the time. And mm-hmm. I, I've interviewed the woman that owns the track her and her husband. And, um, so that's on my bucket list. I, I want to go there and, and check that out, but uh, I'll get you their names page and you can, you. you can check those, those out. So, um, you know, you're 19, you've got a lot of years yet to do this, but how do you think you will make an impact or how would you hope that you would make an impact on motorsports? Someday when you're you're too old to drive and you're retired and you're you're like and you look back on your life and you say, This is how I made an impact. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah.
1: So That's the goal at the end of the day for me is to make an impact. I don't want to be a driver that has come in and passed and no one knows who they are or what they did. So if I don't ever do anything in my race career on the driving side, like if people don't remember me for being the greatest driver ever, which, you know, that's up for interpretation on all, on all parts, I make an impact in all people's lives. I want to be, someone that was part of the change, the initiative to bring more women into sport. Mm -hmm. I don't want to stop at that. I don't want to just see more women get in the sport. I want to see more women get into all male dominated fields. I also want to see men get into more female dominated fields. I I want people to take away from this, that if you have the passion for the thing that you do, and if you put in the hard work, you can do whatever you want. I want people to do what they love because when you – start to see people doing what they love and loving what they do it makes the world go round uh, yeah. and I think I think sometimes the world's lost that bit of passion and kids and and teenagers feel more pressured into maybe they have to go to college or they have to do this specific field or trade because they they think that's the only way that their life's gonna work out so yeah it's okay to not have it figured out right away it's okay to not take a traditional path in a sense to what your career is. And, and that's the impact I want to have is that if you love what you do and you do what you love, it's going to work out. It's fine. It's great. That's that's what you're meant to do. That's what you're meant to be doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about social media for a minute here. It's big. You're the, you're the age that is really big. Um, how do you use social media to promote yourself, your race team? What platforms do you use? And And then as part of that, do you think social media overall is a help or a hindrance?
1: Um, So I'm trying to get better at it. I'm not very good at it. I'm not terrible, but I'm not good by any means. I'm trying to work at it. We use Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, starting a YouTube channel to start doing different sorts of stuff on because that's big. There's TikToks. uh, Don't really do much on that. Um, but there's all I have a website. There's all different forms and we try to be on as many forms, if not all of them. Uh but I think it helps. I think it's good for sponsors. I think when you're using it in that sort of way, yeah. or as a recap, I think I think it works well. And I think sponsors really like that. They want to be able to give more money if you make ads or posts about them or whatever. But I also do think it hinders a lot of things because one, people don't feel like they have to attend the races to get the results or what's going on, which can go either way. I mean, yeah. I have vote for that too. Um, but I think sometimes it creates a, a false expectation, a false reality. Um, I think because so many people talk on social media and so much is out there and so much is being said that it can have negative effects on your performance. Or if you have a bad performance, that might have went from, oh, it really only looked like this, but now it's been blown out of proportion. and this Right. Thing. So it has its pros and it has its cons, just like mm-hmm. in all forms of life. But yeah, I've had it go both ways. I've had it really help me before, but I've also <laughs> had it kind of been like, "Oh, maybe."
0: Well, happen. I think that's true of uh, if if there is somebody out there that hasn't had some kind of negativity, of uh, mm-hmm. you know, on themselves by social media, I'd like to meet that person because I don't yeah. think there is anybody. But you know, I. I think the social media thing has really and overall is probably more of a help than a hindrance, at mm-hmm. least for me. That's how I meet people. Exactly. I mean, I've met people from all over the world mm-hmm. just because of motorsports and then social through social media. So that part of it, you know, and as long as we set the example ourselves for what we post and what we do and we don't get drug into conversations that take yeah. us down 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 then you know i think it's actually a, a really good thing um mm-hmm. so because it, it, it would be hard for me to get to all the racetracks and follow mm-hmm. all of yeah. your girls that are racing um you know but social media i can do that so They're telling me you don't you can't be at two places at once no i haven't figured that out yet
1: i yeah not yeah yet. no it's, it's definitely when when you use it in the right way and you can get past the negativity that also comes with it it's, it is a good thing yeah um so that's something you have to learn as an individual is one to not respond to not take it to heart because people yeah. are going to say what they want to say so.
0: right and sometimes there's nothing you can do to change their minds yep. and it's not worth your time to do it exactly
1: so. exactly so-
0: so I would guess if we went to Rev Racing that we could find your schedule of where you're going to be racing.
1: Um so it's kind of up in the air just because it really depends what's going on with ARCA. We have a we're very busy between the truck. We just added the truck team this year so that's like a really big step obviously one of NASCAR top 3 series. Right. We're ARCA Elite so the national series we're also running ARCA East. And then we have a late model campaign and the legend car campaign going on. So it's really just a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, so we more work on a month to month basis. So at the okay, end of the month we kind of get together and say this is our plan for this month.
0: Okay. Yep. But would that be where we would go to find that, like the schedule we of who's
1: all social media? So we'll post. Okay. Uh, when the time comes, so it'll be like this is what's coming up for this month for drivers.
0: Okay. I'm in this section of the program. All right. Sounds good. All right. So we're going to do a fun little thing called quick answers. Okay. Quick. So answer. I'm going to ask you some of your favorites and I don't want you to think too hard on it. You okay. know, and, it, and if something I ask you, you don't have one just say, I don't have one. Okay. All right. I'm you ready. ready. I'm All ready. right. What's your favorite food or restaurant? Favorite food, seafood. I love seafood. Okay. What's your favorite color? Red. Favorite animal. Oh, shoot. Dogs. I'm going to go with dogs. Favorite vacation, destination, or summer you would like to go?
1: I haven't really been anywhere because of racing. <laughs> but, uh, I would say Italy. I'd want to go to Italy. Okay.
0: Year. Favorite candy? Ooh, anything sour. Sour Patch Kids? Yep, I'm a Sour Patch Kids type of girl. I, I cannot think. tell you how many answers are okay. Sour Patch Kids. and that's can't do it can't do it favorite racetrack
1: oh good that's a hard one um i'm gonna go with citrus county speedway in florida
0: okay and why why is that your favorite
1: um i had a good showing there when i did the uh wheelman series with the sportsman car down there last year it was really fun experience and that's when i figured out that i made it into the combine for rev so
0: the weekend total was good okay memorable weekend so do you have a favorite movie or actor or actress?
1: Do I have a favorite movie? I, I don't. I, I mean, I like Ford versus Ferrari. That was a really good movie. Yeah, it was good. Um, I'm not like a romantic type of person. Uh, I like the comedies. I like the.
0: Have you the, ever seen the art of racing in the, rain? in the rain?
1: Yes, because I love dogs. I did see that. Oh, I love Marvel. Like, I'm a Marvel fanatic. Every Marvel movie, I'm a Marvel junkie. Okay,
0: that's good. How about music? What kind of music do you like?
1: I love old rock and roll. So anything from 70s, 80s, 90s. Oh, from my era. (laughs) Yep, I love love the Eagles. I love ACDC. Yeah, me too. I love it all. Anything from 70s.
0: Awesome. Well, you would enjoy my collection of music then for sure. Yes, I would. (laughs) How about a favorite sports team outside of racing? two um i like college
1: college sports yeah um, iowa women's basketball did do really well that was that was pretty pretty awesome that was
0: heartbreaking
1: it was heartbreaking um lsu had a really good team they did Like, i mean it was gonna be kind of hard and and kim mulkey's obviously very good at her job so yeah and i love and I love, she love,
0: dresses yes you, she just, does. you gotta tune in just to see what she's gonna wear
1: he dresses for success, so obviously I'm an IU fan, and and you know, Caitlin Clark scored that shot to beat us. But yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I did like seeing that that championship run. That was super cool. I yeah. like obviously on the men's side too. IU fan, we didn't make yeah. it very far. Um, yeah. but that was cool, kind of to see a bunch of different underdogs, I guess, make it. To it the really finals. was. Um, My bracket
0: was busted the first day.
1: I had Zaga all the way, and that that did not happen. No.
0: So no for sure i remember when they were the underdog one year
1: mm-hmm. nobody
0: would ever heard of them and then they turned out to be pretty good so do you have a favorite professional race car driver
1: yes i do it's kyle larson i'm sure a lot of people probably get that answer and, and the reason behind that is because he can literally get in anything and be fast and yeah. that's something i admire is that adaptability
0: yeah absolutely favorite holiday christmas i love christmas Favorite TV show, Netflix. Do you binge watch anything?
1: Oh. I don't really have a lot of time to watch Netflix yeah, anymore. I,
0: know. But
1: I I try to just watch random things when I have okay. the
0: chance. Last thing, favorite thing to celebrate.
1: Favorite thing to celebrate. Winning, obviously. Number one, baby. That's <laughs> winning thing to celebrate. There you go. I haven't got Nothing's to do it better. Much recently, but it is my favorite thing to celebrate. Absolutely. It so makes it all the more sweeter when it happens.
0: Yeah, it does well Paige, i have really enjoyed talking to you getting to know you better today um you know i've been aware of you for a long time you know just because you raced in the area and there really weren't all that many girls you know racing um and so you know your name <laughs> would come up on different uh mm-hmm. facebook feeds and people would send me you know hey did you see what how Paige did and so i have probably followed you longer than what you realized but um I really appreciate you taking time to be on and and share what you're doing and how how you're doing. And so, a um, couple things I'll ask you to do when you, pe- when you post something, if you tag Women's Motorsports Network, then I see see what you're doing easier than if I have to kind of keep searching because I get overwhelmed. I get too many girls that I'm trying to follow. And it's if you good. tag it's me. It's
1: problem to have now, though.
0: It is, though. Tag me. That would really help. And um, the other thing, you know, we do a live show as well. My friend Brett Timmerman from Iowa and I do a live show on Sunday nights. And one of the things that he started is, you know, the Women's Motorsports Network is very similar to racing in that we are a family. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have a racing family and I have a huge racing family, especially the women that I interview on our shows. And so he started this when we did our first live show and I've continued it. So what we'd like to say is thank you for being on the show with us. And because you have done that and to help us now, you're part of our family. So welcome to the family.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. (laughs) I love getting to do these and kind of share my story and what I've been through and obviously meet new people that have been following me longer than I thought. So yeah, the support.
0: Absolutely. Well, Paige, good luck this year. I will be watching what's happening. You know, could be that I'll be somewhere where you're racing and, and if so, I'll make sure that uh, I reach out to you and best of luck to you now and in your career. And when you get to the cup level, don't forget the little people that interviewed you back in the day.
1: If, I, if I'm actually, I'll be racing in Michigan next weekend. Where will you be? I'll be at Springport.
0: On the oh, side okay. Side. All right. Yep. Sounds good. Well, I don't know what my next weekend, let me see. I don't know what next weekend looks like on my calendar. I'm going to have to look that up. But if I can make it over and the weather's not, you know, 20 degrees,
1: <laughs> I yeah. may
0: try to run over. So that would be great. All awesome. right. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, Paige, thank you so much. Have a good season and uh, stay in touch. Thank you. Have a great night. All right. Bye. Bye.